0: Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a very special episode today, uh, featuring a very special person in my life. So welcome to today's episode. I'm so happy that you're here. Welcome to the absolutely podcast. And if you're new here also welcome, and I'm happy that you're joining us. So the overall topic of today is discussing the hardships of Mexican women and debunking all stereotypes that come with being from Mexico and the country itself. So this episode is just going to be mostly just to spread some more light and knowledge on Mexico and learn a little bit more about the culture so that we all have some more knowledge and can, you know, just debunk some of those myths. So... Today I have a very special guest, as I said, someone I met the very first day of college and we have been quite literally attached to the hip ever since. (laughs) So everyone, please give a warm welcome to my friend Jackie.
1: Hello, I'm so excited. Um, This is my first podcast ever. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm a little nervous, but also very excited um, to be featured in an episode. Um... So, I guess I'll start off saying a little, talking a little bit about myself, my background. Um, I'm 22 years old. Um, I, like Amelia mentioned, we met in college, St. Mary's, Go Gales. Um, I currently live in San San Jose, California with my parents. Um, I like to joke about about this, but it's actually true. I'm a (laughs) professional stay (laughs) at home daughter. (laughs) But in reality, um, you know, Currently, post grad life has been interesting, um, and all the navigation that comes with that. Um, you know, graduating college, I think the, the million dollar question everyone wants to know is what's next. Um, and for me, I'm currently trying to figure that out. I'm trying to answer the question of what it is that I want to do. Um, which is very hard um just trying to figure out what you're passionate about Um, but it's also very hard to not compare yourself to other classmates of yours that are being successful like Amelia lives in the city works (laughs) um is living her best girl boss life um but you know i think it's such a meaningful time as well because i have had the opportunity to travel spend time with family have been practicing lots of self-care love and just really embracing the journey of discovering myself what it is that i want to do and just being really intentional with what it is that i want to do moving forward um so yeah that's a little bit about me um but I will now pass it back to Amelia so she can guide the conversation.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone. Jackie is just, if you're in your room or wherever you're listening, I just need some snaps for Jackie. Like, she is such a queen, and I, I literally cannot. You're going to start loving her just as much as I do throughout the episode, and you'll literally understand why I have not left her alone since the day I met her.
1: <laughs> so... You know it's so funny. You, I, every time I like, I like explain Amelia to anyone. I'm like she's walking sunshine. But the thing that strikes me the most is that you know when we first met, we met on our first day of college, first weekend there. This girl has so many dietary restrictions. Like she can't eat lactose, she can't eat gluten. But yet, you know, um, during we lived in the same building our freshman year, and our ras would like uh, like give free pizza or free waffles amelia would bust a mission (laughs) running like to the third or fourth floor just to grab me a slice of pizza which i think is so sweet (laughs) even though she can't even have any but that kind of explains a little bit about our relationship grew and stuff but anyways i'll let you continue
0: yeah. As times are changing and as things move forward, we start to begin and have more light into people who are of ethnicity and have bif- different backgrounds. And me just being a plain old white girl, I have literally <laughs> no background to me, no culture. And so when I have friends like this surrounding me who have such a rich culture and have so much more education and knowledge on having what Jackie literally has dual citizenship and literally just living two lives... And and just trying to adjust to having one life in Mexico and then one here as well. I just thought I need to do an episode on having of just having someone in my life like this and just explain their hardships and everything that they've been through because I feel like everyone needs to know that being a plain white person in America, it's a very easy life. But being someone besides that, it's not as easy for us. And so I really wanted to use this episode to bring light to that and to kind of just, I don't know, just educate people on what it's like to be someone as a per- person of ethnic ethnicity and just anything. So that's kind of why I'm doing this episode today because I really just want to gain education for myself and I want everyone else to have that education as well and some the knowledge and to just debunk some of the myths that come along with um, you know being from Mexico and everything like that. So... I'm going to ask you a question, Jackie. We'll get right into it. Do it. So you were born in California, but you have most of your family in Mexico. so can you talk a little bit about the struggles you face, having your family so far from you, and you know the traveling from California to Mexico and then coming back and everything you have to go through just to see your family? Yeah:
1: It's a good question.. Um... So I guess a little bit of background there is yes I am a dual citizen, sh- citizen of um, the U.S. but also of Mexico. Um, my family is from a small town about an hour outside of Guadalajara, Jalisco. Um, it's called Tizapan el Alto. Uh, that's where my grandparents are from, where my mom was born, and my and her two sisters. Um, and I just love it there. It's home. Um, I just, that's, that's a place that I'm at most peace. So growing up, um, I've been going to Mexico ever since I can remember, um, before we would drive to Mexico. So it would take about three days to get to Guadalajara Um, And so you're just constantly driving and you're sitting from what in the car for eight to ten hours a day or more. Um, And especially being little. Can you imagine being (laughs) like a a four year old, (laughs) three year old driving? Um, Yeah. But you know what? We would entertain ourselves and we got past that. Thankfully, airplanes existed then (laughs) and now Um, we are only a three and a half hour flight from Guadalajara, which is quite nice. Um, but yeah, my, most of my family, if not all of my family lives in Mexico. Um, I have family in Guadalajara, Zapopan, uh, Chapala, and in my small town, um, Tizapan el Alto. Um, currently my grandma and my grandpa, um, decided to move back home in 2019, Um, growing up, my grandparents were very patriarchal about Mexico. Um, you know, it was just instilled in me that, you know, it's, it's home, it's our homeland, something we should be proud of. Um, and it's just my roots, you know? So now that my grandma decided to move, well, when my grandma and my grandpa moved back, um, I started going to Mexico much more often, um, especially because, you know, I'm so, they helped raise me. Um, and to me, they're they're my parents. Um, my mom's also my mom, but like I see her more as a sister. Um, so it was really hard for me to, to adjust to that. Um, but I think now I've gotten into a rhythm where anytime I have an opportunity, I'm like, great, we're booking a flight and we're going <laughs> home, <laughs> um, which is nice. And it, it actually allows me to, you know, full on, take time just being away and relax being home Mm -hmm. um so that's great but um growing up it wasn't always like that i feel like um basically i was Hannah montana is the way i can (laughs) (laughs) explain it i was living in two worlds because you know um spanish was my first language and at home we only speak spanish um growing up um all i knew was Mexican people or Latinx people. Um, but, you know, college was really the the pivot point for me because I met so many people from diverse places. Um, and I feel like that for me was a, a wow moment because growing up, it was something that, you know, wasn't really seen at least at least in my little protected bubble, it was all Mexican and all, all I knew was Mexican people or family and mm-hmm. friends. But you know, so it kind of you think you basically all grew all up the same, you think the same, you experience things the same from the same point of view. So college was really that that kind of wow moment for me where I, you know, got to learn, listen, ask questions. Um and just really appreciate the the you know the diversity of especially living in the Bay Area, there's people from everywhere, I mean. So just taking a, a moment to really appreciate that was was kind of eye-opening but at the same time interesting to continue learning. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I think it's amazing hearing how you grew up and just how different it is from everybody else and I can't imagine waiting 3 days in a car as a 4-year-old to go see your family. I do
1: not recommend.
0: <laughs> Here's me like as a little kid complaining for like the hour drive I have to go to see my aunt and uncle like hitting my brother in the car cuz I'm so annoyed, you know what I mean? So that just plays into the part of me saying that I ha- I just have zero idea and cannot relate to it. So having a friend like this where you can just teach me and help me understand what it was like for you is just so cool because I think the culture is such a beautiful culture and it gets such a bad reputation. So I want you to tell the crowd, you know, since it is such a beautiful culture, can you share some traditions that are unique to your culture and maybe things you miss out on living in California just because you're not around your family? Yeah. Let's
1: start with that. When I think of Mexico, I think vibrant, Colorful music, happiness, dancing, food, lots of food, mm-hmm. um, just love at a very intense level. Um, the people in Mexico, I mean, every time I go somewhere and I meet a Mexican person, or I just bump, you know, bump into someone who's Mexican. We just, it's an instant connection of like, wow, like you're here too. Like, our people, they're so kind. They're welcoming. They're joyous. Um, always willing to lend you a hand. I was just telling Amelia about this earlier. How, um, in Mexico, there's this saying where donde comen dos comen tres. So where, where two people sit and eat three people can sit and eat, um, you know, I think it's really instilled in us that that taking care of one another at an early age um, and, you know, especially being in a country where you face so much, so many challenges, so much discrimination. I mean, you come to a, a, a new country where you don't even speak the language, um, that it's such a gift to find another Mexican person or someone from a similar culture as you that you kind of just you know lean on each other to help each other out um I think that's one of the the beautiful things about you know being Mexican and you know I really carry that with pride um another thing is our culture I mean it's it's bright from the papel picado being bright and colorful our music, mariachi, um, ballet flor clorico, dancing, um, the food. Um, you know, there's so much variety of food, especially because there's different states. So each state um, has its own type of cuisine, um, you want to call it. But where I'm from, Jalisco, um, it's birrias, tortas ahogadas, um ceviche, carne en su jugo. Oh my God, I can go on and on, but um, those are some of my top favorite ones. I mean, handmade tortillas, oh tamales, Ugh, oh God. atole. Oh my gosh. I need to go. If yeah. you know, <laughs> you try. know. Yes. <laughs> um, but lastly, I think just there's this, and this is kind of jumping into the next question, but um, oftentimes... Mexico is stereotyped as such a dangerous place, which don't get me wrong. It it can be, Um, you know, unfortunately, there is a lot of narco activity, narco violence. Um, And I've said this before, but um, I can reiterate it here. Um, If you're not involved with the cartel, the cartel is not going to come and find you. I've been close to cartel leaders or what is it people that are involved in cartels and they won't do they don't even look at you to begin with like they're like what (laughs) who are you (laughs) yeah so unless you owe something to a cartel then they're gonna come find you then they're gonna come after your family or so and so um but if you're not and and of course you can also be and i do believe this too you can also be at the wrong place at the wrong time mm-hmm. let's say that you're at so-and-so in plaza, which is kind of like the downtown area mm-hmm. and you know two cartels are facing each other and you just happen to be there at the wrong time um when they're They're confronting each other. Of course, you can get severely injured if not killed. But um, I don't think Mexico deserves to be stereotyped as such a dangerous place because it's not. It's such a beautiful place, um, you know, from our beaches to our towns to our forests. Um, Really, it has so much to offer and so much to be seen um, that I don't think it really deserves that negative connotation most of the time it gets but um, you do have to go and find out for yourself see for yourself um, so I encourage you all to at some point in your life take a trip to visit if not you can Um, send me a message I will put you on the right spots to visit the right (laughs) locations to visit Um, I'll come with you be your free tour guide (laughs) Um, but yeah that's a little bit about Mexico it's beautiful culture and traditions I was gonna say sorry I just remembered (laughs) I didn't answer part of the traditions question Um, I think Recently, the, the biggest holiday that passed was Dia de los Muertos, which here, um, you know, in the U. S. It's not really it, it's celebrated by Latinx people, but it's not the same as being in Mexico. Um, unfortunately, my grandpa, um, mi abuelito, Jesus, passed away in July of two thousand nineteen, um, and that was the first time I actually experienced death. Um, in my family, especially such a close family member. Um, growing up, my grandpa was my father figure, and so that really impacted me. Um, but prior to that, we, my family never really um, did a whole altar for Dia de los Muertos um, because we didn't really have close family who had passed away. Um, but now that now that my grandpa is no longer here, we try to each year put an altar to commemorate him. And, you know, um, these are beautiful. You can Google them. They're full of fruits, food, um, obviously a picture of your loved one, um, these bright orange Simpasuchil flowers, um, as well as candles. Um, Beautiful, beautiful. But. Um, in Mexico, actually, Day of the Dead is a huge thing. Um, people go and and um, decorate their cement at the cemetery. They decorate their what do you call it? Like their where Gra- their gravestone. Gravestone. Yes, mm-hmm. they. Um, they go and they decorate their gravestone for with petals of the of the Simpasuchil, and then they put flowers there, lots of candles, um, they take live music. Um, so it's it's a whole event and it's beautiful. And I feel like living in the US has not allowed me to experience that there in person because I've always been in school, so I obviously can't I couldn't miss school. Um, but it takes such a tragic loss and like something that's very painful and hard to remember into something beautiful that mm-hmm. like even though they're not here in in physically they're here in spirit exactly. So to me and, and it's true you you someone dies the day you forget about them mm-hmm. not when they're not here you know and I think that is such a beautiful message to you know to give or to even think about in such a dark moment. Um so yeah, I love Día de los Muertos. I, I love honoring our loved ones and I think it's such a special way to to just commemorate them and, you know, think about them in such a positive way. And so yeah. I was like, Grandpa, come, like, pull my hair or, like, pull my feet. Jálame las patas or give me a coscorrón. Just, like, let me know that you're here. And it has happened. Um, I have a fan that was my grandpa's. And one time I was sobbing and I was like, please, like, give me a sign that you're okay. Like, I want to know that you're okay so that I can be okay. Yeah. I kid you not. Three seconds later, my fan starts, like, like, like if someone was moving it back and forth, I was like, it's okay. I get it. You're here. But yeah, I mean, no, it's true. I mean, I don't know if everyone believes this or not, but I think, I think, um, people who have passed away, they manifest themselves in some of your actions mm-hmm. to let you know that they're still there with you. Yeah. So I think that's such a beautiful thing and, and goes along with the de los Muertos, but yeah. Yeah.
0: We'll move to the next question of just, so you kind of debunked one of the myths or the stereotypes of Mexico with the cartel and everything and how it's just a dangerous place. but could you dive a little bit more into it and if you had to debunk a couple of myths or stereotypes, what would they be and why?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said with the cartel, I mean if you're not directly involved with any any illegal, activity or activities that they're doing like if you don't owe them money or drugs you're fine um or if you're not involved directly with the cartel they don't even know you exist mm-hmm. they didn't even turn to look at you on the sidewalk <laughs> like, i don't care yeah like you're just one <laughs> other regular regular person yeah you're a waste um, of their time That's <laughs> literally yeah <laughs> um and i think um yeah so i think that's all i'll say about that um but another stereotype that comes to mind, um, I put this quote in because, you know, it, I feel like the whole immigration topic is such, it, it's very sensitive to a lot of people. And I think that, you know, especially if you're not someone who's living, who has lived Or is involved with someone who is an immigrant? You don't really understand it, and it's easy to assume and like go based off laws. But I think a lot of the U.S. laws are outdated; Um, they don't apply to current life today. Um, Especially because you know, so so many like back then they were they were fighting a whole trying to get rid of Britain, and like nowadays it's like you know, it's very controversial. But anyways. Um, one of the quotes that I put here was because I think um, it didn't sit well with me when it was said um, and it's still something that comes to mind every time I think of a Mexican stereotype and it's when you will probably recognize who mm-hmm. mentioned this quote, but it was said um, they're bringing their drugs, they're bringing crime, they're bringing rapists and some I assume are good people. Um, and another stereotype that kind of goes along with it is how we're here stealing people's jobs. Um, to begin with, um, I don't think any Mexican is stealing anyone's job. Um, I strongly, strongly think and know um, that Mexicans here are choosing to do the dirty, laborious jobs that white Americans do do not want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Simple as that. I mean, people here are leaving behind their families, their everything, coming with, you know, the clothes you're wearing and risking their lives to come to a new country in pursuit of a better life. Not because they want to, but because they're forced to, whether that is because of extreme poverty um, or many millions of other circumstances that are just different for each case, you know, um, my grandparents immigrated to the U.S., um, when my mom was eight, a, what was she, a teenager, um, you know, and I feel like growing up, I, you know, I really admire them for coming to a country where they don't even speak the language they, you know, had, you know, you have to have some big balls to do that. I oh, mean, yeah. like to to leave everything behind and just, you know, winging it as you go or literally faking it till you make it mm-hmm. um, type of thing. Um, and thanks to them, I mean, it really shaped the future for my aunts and my myself, my cousins, our whole family, because being here, my grandpa worked so hard, was able to send money back to, to, to Mexico to his siblings, um, build a house for my grandma, um, and just provide much more than what he was able to being in Mexico. Um, and so now my, you know, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to grow up here Um, study here and it's such a privilege to be honest because many times I feel like especially within my um, Latin peers I mean I don't think we realize what privilege we have that we're here and you know I think about it often because I will never take for granted the opportunity that I have been given unlike some of my cousins back in Mexico who are who have grown in such a different way um so it's it's very interesting to compare that and it just it it gives me such a sense of gratitude um and appreciation to you know really take in where i am where i'm going um and what i have been through thanks to them um yeah so going back to that quote um you know i'm not saying Some Mexican people don't deal drugs or aren't bringing crime or some of them aren't rapists. But I think when you're generalizing an entire population to just that, I think that is very... um, It doesn't sit well with them, you know? And obviously there has been many reactions to that. Um, And, you know, I I think before judging someone, you should always, you know learn about them or just not even though like you hear something from someone you shouldn't just list like what is it believe it I feel like you should go go with an open mind and really be open to like learning about that person learning why um if majority of the people would take the time to learn why or hear the story of why an immigrant is here I am a hundred percent sure they would be moved by by just hearing their story.
0: So I'll leave it at that to not rant off more and more. <laughs> Lily rant rant as much as you want. This whole episode is literally about you and your culture. So you can rant as long as you want. And I think it's so sad to see that Mexico gets just such a bad rap because of like this, like exactly like the quote you said, like just stupid stereotypes that people are tying to it just because i like they're trying to justify that or something and it's so stupid because your whole country is like based off of morals and family and like providing for one another and actually caring for your neighbor. And you guys are an actual community versus here. It doesn't feel like that at all. And I'm sure you can agree because when you go back home, I'm sure everyone feels like family and everyone's so welcoming and so kind versus here. It's like, shut off. We don't talk. We're not related. It's not a community. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I think now that you say that, it reminds me that when I'm walking um, through the streets of my town, um, anytime you pass someone, they're like, hey, mm-hmm. hi, good morning, yeah, good afternoon, yeah. good night. yeah." Um, and I feel like here, it's...
0: If it's, you were to do that, people would look at you like, at like eight eyeballs. Um, like, who
1: are you? Like, um, no, literally. Like, shut up and stop talking to me. Or, <laughs> no, everyone walks with their AirPods in. Yeah, yeah, no one is yeah. like even like listening to the birds or like listening to what's going on everyone is just so heavily involved in like their own world that Mm -hmm. they don't really take time to appreciate the beauty of of the present time or the moment you know um yeah I think that's something that comes to mind right now that you said that but I also wanted to mention that um you know the way I grew up um you know, you know, it varies from person to person, family to family. Um, but I feel like another stereotype that um, what is it? How do I explain this? Um, uh, basically, I kind of want to say how I, I I am Mexican, but I don't I specifically like I don't consider myself a person of color mm-hmm. in the way that I have white privilege just because I am white complected mm-hmm. versus some of my cousins who are brown girls. And, you know, like, you know, there is that discrimination. And mm-hmm. I feel like as a society, we have, we have moved past that where, well, not really moved past that, but everyone prefers the white girl with green eyes or blue eyes versus the, the tan girl with brown eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, At least in TikTok, I have seen a lot of um, brown girls really appreciating that, you know, they're beautiful. And and, um, like kind of like pushing to like stop comparing yourself or stop trying to be the the blonde haired girl with or what is it, using lighter Foundation shades to fit into that lighter complexion. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, it. It there's been a lot of push towards embracing your brown skin, um, your curly hair, your brown eyes, um, and so I myself can't speak to what it is, what that discrimination is like because I myself as ne- have never experienced it, but I know some, I know some people who have, and I think it's so sad and so um ignorant of people to you know I I just I just can't believe that's still a thing you know like I thought we were past that but you know clearly we're not and I think there's there's so much work to be done there and you know it all ties in but um I think that is another stereotype but that I don't I don't know if it's specifically with Mexicans because I know even um African-American people like face that challenge but I know that it is something that my brown Latina queens um, (laughs) struggle with too and I just wanted to take time to acknowledge that um, even though I haven't experienced it myself because I am in a way privileged I think it's still important to remind everyone to just accept everyone for who they are and really push people to really embrace you you know what they look like and really accept yourself and love yourself for who you are. Don't try to change yourself up um, just to fit in because in the long run it's not gonna matter.
0: I mean I think again it's just so crazy to think that some of the people in my life have never ever had to think the way you've had to think or experience the things that you've had to experience. Like never have I ever had to think about stereotypes that come with my race, and so to just hear you talk about it is just so insane and it is so sad that people have yet to come to the conclusion that it doesn't matter like it does not matter the skin color or anything like that so
1: and you know what i did a i did a whole paper of on this in college um but i don't really think it's it's our fault it's it's mainstream media yeah that you know from what we see barbies oh yeah growing up yeah. barbies all white blue eyes um the limited foundation makeup colors that you find in stores. Um, it really goes to what um, mainstream media has classified as beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we've just taken it and believed it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what songs say, um, literally any type of media that um, really sticks to this very limited characteristics. Mm-hmm. That when you don't fit into those, you're like, oh, I'm. Does that mean I'm not beautiful? Yeah. Or, or you know, where where is someone that looks different from that? Um, so I wouldn't say it's necessarily our fault, yeah. but it kind of is. But it kind of is. Because we've, you know, it's it's all we've ever seen. It's you know from TV to to music to artists to to the toys we play to play with. But um, you know, it's it's really in our hands to stop allowing them to, to really, you know, control our brains to even the way that we're thinking of, of something Mm -hmm. and really, you know, take the reins of where, what we think and what we want to do. So, yeah.
0: So yeah, I guess, I guess growing up, did you, When you played with like Barbies and stuff like that, did you ever realize like, oh, why does she look different? You know what I mean? Like, did you ever have those kinds of thoughts or did it happen later in life where you were like, wow, this is kind of messed up? Because I know you have a younger sister as well. So I'm sure it's so different for her now growing up because she has access to all these toys that are a little bit more race neutral and more open. Like there are Barbies now that have either they're either latin barbies or they're african-american barbies there's way more color now and there's way more like movies that are coming out that are representing other nationalities but i mean for you growing up what was it like to not have that um so for me barbies was such a privilege um i didn't
1: really have barbies till i was eight years old Mm -hmm. um i guess this will go in how i grew up Um, and I think I had such a valuable childhood because, you know, we didn't really have phones. No, we weren't iPad kids. (laughs) No, we were not iPad kids. Um. (laughs) No, we were thrown
0: in the backyard if we were born.
1: Yeah. And especially, you know, growing in such a, a household with a limited income, I feel like, um, it the way i grew up makes me appreciate it um so i didn't really have barbies till i was like what eight eight nine or ten years old if Mm -hmm. i can remember and it was something always i would see and love would love to have one but didn't actually get till much later in my childhood but i guess i'll talk you through some of the games we would play um so we would hide a belt and it was called el fajo escondido so the hidden belt and basically, um, it was kind of like hide and seek, where everyone would hide in a room, and that one person that had the belt would hide it, and then all the kids would come out, and you would they would like roam around the room, and the person who hid the belt would say, "Oh, you're getting warmer," or mm-hmm. "Oh, you're really cold. You're really cold," or "You're hot. You're hot," which meant you're close to the belt. Yeah. And so whoever um, whoever found the belt got to whoop <laughs> whip the kids. <laughs> So I feel like I miss that, like yeah. my childhood, or even when we'd go to Mexico. Okay, Mexico kids are not like how do I put it? Like silver te- tooth activity. This <laughs> is what I would say. Silver tooth. Activities? Yeah. What does we, that mean? Basically, like rebel child. Okay. Um, in Mexico, I remember we would I would like stash all my money and would go buy um, fireworks. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no but but I in mexico so that's how little kids spend their time yeah, like yeah. like if you know like if you're mexican you know the palomitas that you would they're they're called popcorn or, oh, or, oh yes no, palomas no, like, like pop
0: pop poppets or
1: something like that where you throw mm. them on the ground and they pop no girl like these are the ones that like they're like they're like palomas but they like they have <sighs> a string. Let me. I'll show you in a bit. Okay. But but it's like a little thing that it has a little string like a match and yeah. you light it oh, and shit. then it starts sparkling and you throw it up in the air and it like sparkles. And then there's these that like are barrenos which are like a little, kind of like a little thing like that. Yeah. But those are like boom. Oh shit! Like super loud. Or there's also chifradores, which kind of look like a cigarette but they have a match and when you light them up they go. And like they're actual, they're legit fireworks. Like <laughs> kids like, are just buying them
0: left, right, left d- and right, yeah.
1: They're definitely illegal. They're like <laughs> under the table type of thing. But little kids have so much fun in yeah. Mexico with that. Like it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like that in Mexico, that or even just like taking a cruise in like the the ATV was such a cool thing to oh, do. yeah. You, you would feel like the, you would feel like you were like the the coolest person in town. Um, or even just playing with the donkey, like, trying to get the donkey to bite you, but, like, <laughs> not really, because really that would be painful. Really. <laughs> um, or just messing with the chickens or animals, it was so fun, like, it was, it, it, yeah, so I feel like that in Mexico was some of my childhood there. But yeah, it's pretty fun, but pretty naughty activities, I guess, I love is it, what though. a white person would say or something like that. <laughs> so, you're, so so naughty. Naughty. <laughs> you're so naughty. You're so naughty. You're naughty, naughty little kid. But yeah, that's pretty funny.
0: I got one more question for Jackie, and I think it's a pretty good one. It's a pretty heavy one, and I'm sure some women can relate to this who are going to be listening to it. Um, but I know you touched on it earlier, saying that since you are more white complex, complex you don't have to really face the struggles that other girls might, that are Mexican as well. But for you, what are some struggles you have faced being a Mexican woman and especially a mostly white area um, growing up? You know, what was that like for you? Did you experience any sort of discrimination growing up or did you ever experience it firsthand like your cousins, anything like that? Did, any, did you see anyone in your family get discriminated against and what was that like for you or that person or just, you know, having anyone in your family come to you to talk about it? You know, like having to console someone that's experienced it or even yourself. Yeah. Um,
1: I think for me, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, Spanish was my first language till I was maybe six years old. Wow. Um, so I spoke with Spanish and then I learned English in mm-hmm. kindergarten. Um, and so even now you'll hear me. I mess up in English so <laughs> much. You do, you do. I mispronounce <laughs> um, words all the time i butcher words all the time um but it, it's just because you know english is not my first language um for me it um it was spanish and i remember the specific word. <laughs> what was i i was maybe like 12 and um i remember lingerie was the first was one of the words that really rem- i remember because i would say lingerie <laughs> linger or ling- something some, <laughs> some type of variation to that <laughs> some spicy way to yeah. say it. <laughs> and this girl looks at me she's like what i'm like lingerie and i was so confident <laughs> in the way i was saying it that i was like yeah this and then i had to like google it and show it she's like lingerie i'm like what what, what is that <laughs> thank god google has that feature where you can click oh, and, and hear it. the word the word how it's pronounced <laughs> Um, but yeah, many of the times I'd be like, like, oh my God, am am I dumb? Or like, (laughs) am I, am I like, honestly, like quite honestly, like there's been many times where I feel stupid because of the way I pronounce things or the way I say things. Um, but I'm like, no, I'm bilingual. I speak two language. Actually, no, let me Italian in there. No, um, but I speak more than one language. So... I mean, that's smarter than, like, the typical American, if you ask me. I'm jealous. I'm
0: literally (laughs) jealous that you can fluently speak another language.
1: Yeah, but I feel like that, I feel like that's been, it's still a challenge nowadays, Um, you know, but I'm kind of embracing it. Uh, The second one that comes to mind is kind of, like, feeling like you're not worthy to be in the place that you are in um especially when your peers have grown up such differently you feel sometimes you don't feel as smart as them um and kind of i feel like that's kind of like an internal bat- battle you kind of judge yourself or like put yourself down or talk so negatively to yourself when like in reality you know you're here for a reason the, the opportunity wouldn't have been presented to you if you weren't ready for it mm-hmm. um you know sitting in a college class like you're as deserving to be there as everyone else. Mm -hmm. Like you've worked so hard to be where you're at. Um, And this is something that I still, still like unconsciously do it and try to have to try to remind myself, like, you know what? I'm here. I deserve to be here. Um, You know, kind of just like, kind of like the little angel and the devil on my shoulder. Um, Sometimes when that little devil is speaking negatively to myself or about a certain situation, I'm like, you know what? Stop. Like, Get off, shoo, get get out out of here. (laughs) Yeah. And then the third thing that comes to mind to answer your question is many of the times I was very quiet um, and just would take BS from people and like would would refrain from speaking out um, or talking back to people, especially when some horrible things were said in front of me, to me. Or to anyone like me, I would just eat it. Swallow
0: it and eat it. What kind of things would be said to you? Like oh, you like, like
1: like stupid Mexican or or beaner or or stuff like that, like racial slurs like that that were said to me or to even my my like my people, you know? And I would just be like, you oh, know, like it's fine. Treat people with kindness nice hairy, like in my mind I'd be like oh I'd like cuss them out and be like Dur-dur-dur. but like in person I I didn't have the balls to like you know be like you know what like what you said is really fucked up and I'm gonna you know <laughs> I'm gonna like I'm gonna I'm you gonna, gonna go watch out you better run because I'm about to go <laughs> off no but I would just swallow it and be like mom like let's go like mom stop like don't it's not worth you wasting your time with someone so ignorant mm-hmm. which I still think it isn't But now, if someone comes and tells me something like that, I'm going to be like, you know what? Fuck you, you you. piece of shit. Literally. Uh, Or usually in in Mexico, um, you know how here you flip people off? Mm -hmm. In Mexico, um, you go like this. It's tu madre. Mm. And so, so sometimes when people, I'm just like, you know what? like and i'll just be like (laughs) (laughs) at people um and it's based. i don't know how to translate it it's like like basically kind of like saying go fuck yourself but the direct translation is like go fuck your mom or some shit like that yeah yeah. so nowadays like when someone tells me or i hear something like that like first i'll be like you know what like what you're saying is wrong and like you're a prick for saying that and like this and that but like sometimes people will just Sometimes, you know, I choose violence, and it's okay. <laughs> As you should. As you should. <laughs> Other times, you know, I treat people with kindness. But, you know, it just <laughs> depends, depends on, on my mood. depends on the day, my mood, what I had for breakfast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a, a, a play-by situation. But, yeah, I've, I've learned from my grandpa and my aunts and my mom to not swallow that anymore. To really, you know, sometimes you just got to shut people up. Yeah. And not be afraid to.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Period. Yeah. I guess I have one more question. Did you ever yes. face the struggle of comparing yourself to, like, the way you look to other girls growing up around you? So, I'm sure, like, in the area you grew up in, it was mostly, like, white dominant, right? Or no?
1: Because
0: uh, you had your cousins around and your family around. Well. But, like, in school, did you ever find yourself comparing yourself to, like, blonde girls or, like, white girls, you know, like, the typical white girls in your class? Or... Did you kind of, since you had so much family in Mexico and you were there a lot, did you just know that you are beautiful in the way you are and that your difference didn't matter? You know what I mean? Because I feel like that's a struggle that a lot of people of that are either Latin or any have any other racial background kind of face. Yeah.
1: Well, I grew up in Eastside San Jose, which is predominantly Latinos, okay. if not Mexicans. Nice. Um, so elementary middle school all my peers were like me they were all mexican so love it per. so you're kind of conditioned to the same way of thinking yeah but when i went to high school i was exposed to more white people Mm. and so that's when i kind of that comparison kind of started where Mm like oh my gosh like white girls do this this must be cool or like all the guys like these white girls like we got to be like them um and I feel like even in college sometimes it was like oh my god everyone's doing this gotta follow the trend type of thing um but in some period that like started that mindset started to change to like Growing up, I would always, always, always want straight hair. Mm-hmm. I have curly hair. Mm-hmm. I would always want straight hair, mm-hmm. and my mom never bought me a hot... Was it hot tools or oh, like like a flat straighter? iron or yeah. anything like that? She would never... I rarely... I think in my entire life, I've probably straightened my hair maybe 10 times or less. Whoa. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of, that kind of instilled in me to embrace my natural hair and my uniqueness to, you know everyone else um because not many people have if you google i think it's a small percentage of people who have curly hair so um i think that's something that my mama and like even my my whole family has curly hair mm-hmm. everyone even my little brother my little sister they all have curly <laughs> hair so i feel like kind of just like because it was all i ever knew it was like i'm in, in, in a way pushed to embrace it yeah um but yeah i think you know definitely I don't want to say I've never compared myself because I know that's not true. Yeah. I have done it millions of times. I still do it, but I try to... Now I feel like my mindset has changed to really appreciate who I am, um, what I can change and what I can't change. Um, and I feel like once you realize that you, the things you have no power of changing, you start to you know instead of hating it you you start to love and embrace them mm-hmm. and then what you are able to change you know you have to put in the effort to change that i mean you know it, it it's an, it's a constant work in progress um, so i think you know i'm not saying i'm going forward not comparing myself to anyone <laughs> because that's probably not true but i feel like the mindset is there like whoa like you know appreciating the beauty of someone else Without it letting without it affecting how you view yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can
0: you can say this woman's beautiful, but not your hate hate yourself for it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. This episode has been, I think, one of my favorites so far. Literally. Jackie and I have been best friends, like I said, for four years, but I think only until the past couple months have we gotten deeper into talking about our past because before Jackie and I just, our energies bounces off each other. So we're kind of just like these two little like idiots, like literally these two crackheads just like walking around doing stupid shit. And it's been like that since the day we've met. And like, I literally love it. But up until recently we've just started talking about our past and stuff. And so I, this was the perfect time to have her on the podcast because I wanted her to talk about herself and everything about her and her past and her culture and everything, because it's so beautiful. And I think I've finally come to like appreciate and know that like, it is so, I'm so lucky to have someone like this in my life who can teach me and like just level with myself that, you know, my life isn't that bad. Like you, like you are such a person to admire And like I said, I'm just so lucky to have you in my life. And I just admire you and respect you for every single thing you have gone through. And you are just the most beautiful and genuine soul I have ever met. You're about to make me cry. (laughs) So everyone who's listening, I need you to just like give Jackie the biggest hug ever because she deserves it. She is actually a glowing queen and I cannot emphasize it enough. So Jackie, I'm going to give you the mic to just give out your last tip, your last final thoughts?
1: I guess a a tip, advice I would give going forward would be um, to really embrace your culture, who you are. Um, There's no one like you in this earth. Um, You're here for a reason. Um, You know, choose to be kind and make an impact and to never hide who you truly are and where you come from is what I would say.
0: Again, just thank you for being here and thank you for coming on here. Thank you for
1: having me as a guest.
0: Just such a special person in my life. So um, that is the end of today's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Today was definitely a long one, but it is so worth it. Every single thing that Jackie had to say was... something important. So I hope that you listened to this episode. You got some more insight into Mexico, the culture of Mexico, and some of the hardships that some of the people in your life or close to you might be facing. So I hope that this episode gave you some insight and some education, and that we all move forward appreciating others' cultures and not downplaying them.